to episode number 77 of the EAIE podcast. I'm so happy you're taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to listen in. My name is Laura Rumbly. I'm the EAIE's Director for Knowledge Development and Research, and as we reach the final installment of the EAIE podcast series for 2023, I have the very great pleasure of bringing you a conversation with Hans-Georg van Liebt. Hans-Georg is Secretary General of the University and Director, University Services, at Tilburg University in the Netherlands. He's also a very well-known figure in EAE circles. From trainer to mentor, committee member to publication editor, as well as president of the EAE from 2012 to 2014, Hans-Georg van Liemt has provided volunteer service to this association over the course of more than two decades. It's no wonder then that earlier this year, he was the recipient of the EAIE's award for outstanding contribution. So what motivates someone with a very busy career and myriad options to pursue personal and professional interests to choose to volunteer their time and energy in service to others? We recently spoke with Hans-Georg from his home base in Tilburg to get his take precisely on this question. What's to be gained by giving to others in our field? It's wonderful to chat with you today, Hans-Georg, and we're here to talk about your career and the give and take of involvement in the international higher education community that you've been a part of. I'd love to know how you got your start working in the field before we begin, you know, talking about all the different things that you've been doing. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. What, What happened, how I got involved into international higher education, and actually it was the action of decentralizing international activities at the university here in 97. Okay. For some reason, you have this swing from central office to decentralized offices at the schools. Well, in this case, it was a, um, a way to decentralize. At that time, I was working as a policy advisor education at the uh, rector's office. And uh, given the fact that the international office was decentralized, the little part of policy making regarding internationalization was added to that office I was working at. And then they asked me whether I was interested to combine education and internationalization in advising um, our executive board on those topics. So that is how I got involved through a change of organizational issues in 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 the institution that i got involved into international uh, education yeah that's that's how it started and can i ask just a little bit about your international experience before that point you know what had been a part of your life yeah personally or professionally of an international nature Uh, i studied uh, developmental economics here at tilburg university and the idea is that you do a traineeship somewhere around the world. But in my case, I, I had a position available for me in Ghana, in Africa. Uh-huh. But I decided not to go there, but instead become the student assessor of the faculty board. Uh, and so be active as a student in, in, in running, in this case, the school. Uh, so it was a bit, bit of a difficult uh, question for me. So I did a very theoretical research in uh, for my master thesis, but then I decided uh, to travel around the world. So I went to Southeast Asia and Australia, 
But before doing that, uh, after graduation, I did a short internship uh, through ISEC in Porto in, in uh, Portugal. Okay. At a bank. So I managed to find some international experience. And when I got back from my travels, it was as an economist at that time, very hard to find a, a job as an economist. And since I've been very active as a student at the university, they knew me and approached me whether I was interested to become um, a student advisor at the School of Economics. So that was my first job. And the second job, I moved to central office, a policy uh, advisor office for the executive board. So that was my second position. And then internationalization came, came into my working life as well. So in the end, maybe a good decision that you didn't go to Ghana because you had those connections cultivated in the university that then played yeah, out indeed, yeah, indeed. positively. Yeah, yeah. So you found your way, or you found yourself in a situation where internationalization was kind of set in your lap. And yeah. I'm curious to know then how you first became aware of the EAIE. Was there perhaps a particular person who drew you in, or did you just happen to stumble upon it? Well, on the, your own? The, yeah, the former um, head of the international office uh, gave me uh, several advice, and one advice was to join the conference of the EAE. So I went to the Barcelona conference in 1907, which was very exciting and very new to me, and. Um, I also joined one of the first courses of EIE. It was a one-week course in Maastricht, and it was, a, you could say, a basic course on what is internationalization. So we had various guest speakers apart from the training course leaders, and that helped me to understand the fields from more practitioners. Uh, colleagues in the field and helped me also to have an idea of what is needed for the institution uh, at that point. Um, so I attended uh, the conference in Barcelona. My colleague also advised me to, to look into NAFSA. Um, no one has ever been to NAFSA at that point from our institution. So I was the first time we went to NAFSA in 98. But in both cases, my colleagues from the Netherlands, uh, from Rotterdam, from Leiden University, helped me navigate through the dynamics of uh, attending a conference with uh, many people and, well, finding out what is the best session or, or reception or event to go to. And um, that was very nice of them to, to guide me through that. Yeah. Yeah. And it does show, again, I think the power of these conferences to serve as the gateways for many people to get to know the associations that are active in the field. Um, so yeah. that clearly led you somewhere because you've been such an active volunteer and leader within the EIE in the years since those initial encounters yeah. that you had. Clearly, something has kept you coming back. And I'd like to understand or unpack a little bit with you what's kept you motivated to give your time and energy to this organization for so long. And by the way, I'm not trying to hand you some softball question here that just opens the door for you to say nice things about the EAE, which is mm -hmm. an organization we both know and love. But really, genuinely, I'd love to understand how giving of oneself to an organization or a community yields benefits back to the giver or the volunteer. Kind of what's what needs to be in place for that? And what's what's in it for you? Yeah, I, I think it's 
a little bit also it has to do with who I am. I'm always curious, uh, learning new things and learning new people. And what I learned from attending the first uh, conferences and um, taking by the hand by, by my Dutch colleagues uh, helped me to understand how the organization was run. After a few years, I was asked to become active in what then was called international relations management, uh, one of the, well, the little organs in, 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 the, in the organization um, that make sure that there were enough sessions and, and other activities at the conference. And I didn't have a clear career path within EIE in my head. It was just that I met new colleagues and that gave me insights in, in the fields. And uh, well, I've been almost in every committee board role uh, within the association, but each one of them um, learned me different skills. It is very different from being a trainer than sitting on a committee yeah. or being a mentor for a mentee from a different country in a different position with different uh, questions than you normally get uh, from colleagues. So I more or less, without really realizing, learned with every activity new skills. And that helped me professionally to grow in my professional career at the institution but also let me grow in a more personal level. So, yeah, and, and why I came back or why I was constantly asked, it's a good question. Maybe you should ask the others who asked me. <laughs> um, well, maybe a little anecdote is, is, is interesting. How it happened uh, in some cases. I clearly remember that I stepped down from IRM and thought, okay, it's time for others to, to lead that um, board. But I still was a trainer, or I became trainer in in uh, how to run an international office, uh, w w together with uh, several colleagues. And I sat on a training committee, and I thought, okay, that's enough. And before the conference in Madrid, in in I think it was two thousand nine, I co-organized with American colleagues the AIEA, the what was called the Transatlantic Dialogue. So we had before the conference a meeting of colleagues from AIA and from EAIE to sit down and discuss what was bothering us and what how we could cooperate together. And on the way to that meeting in Toledo, near Madrid, before the conference, the then uh, Vice President Gudrun Pals-Dottir uh, asked me whether I was interested to stand for election as Vice President. And I thought, <laughs> is she asking me or who is she asking this question? So just to show that it was not my intention to have a career or sit in every committee or, or possible activity in, in, in the organization. It is the intrinsic motivation to learn and be curious uh, and meet nice people and also be in sometimes difficult situations to make difficult uh, decisions and to learn from different perspectives and people from different cultural background. And again, that helped me in my private life and my professional career at the institution. I don't think it would have been that easy to become a managing director of one of the schools right a few months after I stepped down as president of the association. 
because I learned to understand what it is to be sit on a board, be a president, and connect that to what the role of a managing director at the school. And that helped me. The, the, the experience of working with international colleagues helped me also um, to understand the international colleagues and students at the, at the school and at the university. It is really wonderful to hear about those connections across those different yeah. aspects of your life. And the sounds like a really rich learning lab, a laboratory that the EAE was for you in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you think back over these many experiences with the EAE, is there one particular accomplishment or moment, big or small, that makes you feel especially proud of the EAE or your role within it? Yeah, there. I, I think a few things that I, that come to my mind little things actually um, or things that are not visible for 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 many one uh, one activity i really liked was both matching the mentors and the mentees and the initiative of eae to set up a mentor mentee program i really liked that idea so i was happy to to be in that role to uh, to match uh, for a couple of years in a, in a row um, but also to become mentor and I clearly remember the first mentee. She was from Germany, uh, from a technical institution, uh, in a new director's role. And she was always very modest, thinking, I take time off this past president and oh. Um, but, I, but I made sure that I always can learn from other perspectives and from her as well. And what I'm really proud of is that through the guidance and, and, and the role we played together, she was able to apply for a position in Japan and now uh, lives and works in Japan. Um, so that is a little tiny thing that I think is, is really nice that came out of one of the activities. Growth and evolution. Yeah, super nice yeah. to see. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. So the EIE has clearly served as a super important source of community for you in your professional life um, and your personal life. But I wonder, actually, if we could talk a little bit about any other organizations or networks, formal or informal, that have also had an important impact on you. In this internationalization field, as an institution in Stilbrook, we are a member, a longstanding member of the ICEP program, um, the International Student Exchange Program where you exchange students between uh, American institutions and, and institutions outside uh, the U.S. It, it has grown that program and, and different options are there now. But since we were a longstanding member and, and it helped us to exchange students with American institutions, I attended uh, several times their, the, the symposium they organized in, in Washington, D.C., and I became elected as, as a member of the Board of Advisors. So I went to D.C. for their meetings uh, every now and then. And that helped me to give a different perspective than only from a more European EIE perspective. Um, and the same, I think, applies for the AIEA. Uh, it's, it's a smaller organization. It is focusing on the senior international officer. I had the same sort of role for many years in, in at Tilburg. So it helped me to understand playing that role, being in that role, dealing with the executive board, dealing with the, the, the responsible people at the schools. So it helped me to diversify and, and uh, the, the perspective. 
And also the, the American Association, the IEAA, all the acronyms are interesting to, to, to hear. But again, when I first attended their conference, it opened my eyes that it was for, at that time, 80% focusing on marketing. Ah. Where we have a more, well, maybe it's not fair, but we had more of you of it's about exchange, about cultural diversity. It's about, and for them, it, they also talked about the uh, education business, like it was a business sector. And, and at that time for Australia, it is a business uh, sector because it, they make money. Absolutely. So the mindset was uh, very interesting to learn and to see a different perspective. Well, and, and another a more informal network is, is uh, what is called Club uh, 33. It is a um, informal club of still active or former active senior international officers from across the, uh, the world. And we meet uh, once a year, at least who have a one day, one and a half day uh, intense discussion with each other about what is at that time apparent, paramount and important in the field. And that is also giving uh, different perspectives to the field and also brings in, well, um, um, nice friends and, 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 and long-standing co um, colleagues. So those are a few, I think, networks that, that apart from EIE, help me to gain more skills and, and um, competences to be even grow in my, my role at the university. Yeah, I love hearing about those ways that you can um, fill in gaps, you know, that, that certain experiences don't necessarily fill or become aware of yep. gaps, actually, or new ways of thinking of, about things that yep. one had never considered. So stepping out of one's day-to-day -day job and potentially out of one's comfort zone to volunteer within an organization like the EAE, that yeah. takes time and energy and sometimes for people, actual courage, as you say, to look around and think, ooh, could I do this really? You know, do I yeah. have what it takes or am I the right fit? I was thinking about colleagues who may be listening to our conversation who haven't yet taken that step. What yeah. advice would you give them to take a leap of faith to join in more actively? Well, the answers of earlier questions maybe gave insight that it helped me to grow in various ways, both professionally and grow within the institution. And it helped me in my career, but also personally, uh, it helped me to be more open, um, allow yourself to make mistakes. I made mistakes in presentations, in training courses, in committees, and it helped me also to understand um, have a better understanding of the fields on a more personal level, not on a jo just joining a presentation and learning uh, the experience from the presenters, but more on a personal level where you sit together, have coffee, and um, after a meeting uh, of a training committee or uh, one, one of the boards or, or whatever, or the role of a mentor is even and very helpful, I would suggest, to learn on a more one-to-one -one level and bring that home. And that helps you to grow as a, as a person. And, well, finally, uh, I have many friends around the world that I can visit and who visited me over the last year. In the last year and that's also very nice. That's also very nice. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting that, you know, we've talked about how you began your career in the field and for whatever reason, this is the path that you have walked professionally. Yeah. I'm curious just for fun to know, might there have been another career path? You've talked about um, developmental economics, yeah. some other dream job that if you had to do it over again, might have been fun to pursue. Well, I think it is a funny story, little story. A couple of years ago, I was on the train here in the Netherlands and I saw someone else sitting there and I thought, oh, I recognize him from something. And then he approached me and he, he said to me, thanks to you, I am, have now a career in water management because I went to Ghana instead of you. No, <laughs> your paths crossed in the end. <laughs> yeah. So... That made me think, okay, if I had made a different um, decision in not being a student member of the faculty board, but take the internship and go to Ghana, that might have led to uh, a different career path and also international, but it, a completely different, more different, different world. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to play the what if game. Very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, Hans Georg, it's been lovely to talk with you today. You are, were the recipient this year of the EA Award for Outstanding yeah. Contribution. And it is so evident um, in so many ways, the ways that you have contributed to our community. Thank you so much for that. And also thank you for sharing your experiences and reflecting on what it means to be involved in different ways. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Georg van Lund, Secretary General of the University and Director of University Services at Tilburg University, a past EAIU president, and the 2023 winner of the EAIU's Award for Outstanding Contribution. Our session notes contain further information about the EAIU Awards program and our 2023 winners, along with Hans Georg, as well as other resources about volunteering in our community. It's hard to believe 2024 is less than a month away, but because it is, we ask those of our listeners who are curious about becoming an EAU member in 2024 to visit our website to learn more about both the individual memberships and the group membership packs we have on offer. Group membership offers an exciting opportunity for you and your whole office to benefit from exclusive EAU member perks, such as discounts on events and trainings, access to exclusive publications like Forum Magazine, and much more. All the details are on our website, that's www.eaie.org. As we wrap up this final episode of 2023, please note that the EAIE will be enjoying a much-needed holiday break at the end of this month of December, and we hope you will too. We also hope that you'll be back for more of the EAIE podcast in 2024. We'll begin sharing new episodes in mid-January. Until then, happy holidays ahead, and all good wishes to you from the EAIE. Thank you.